I'm not a poet, and you know it, by 50-50. Are you all right, my lord? Leon asked. Arthur stared at him, frantically trying to think of a believable excuse. He used all of his experience at court to answer with a dignified, It's perfectly fine. We're... His mind was blank still. How could they explain why they were wandering around the castle in the middle of the night together without giving the game away? He passed the buck. Merlin, tell Leon what we're doing. Merlin hesitated. We're... I'm teaching him poetry, he exclaimed. Why the little... Just he wait until Arthur got his hands on him with no witnesses. Poetry, asked Leon with surprise. Good Lord, Arthur supposed there was nothing to do but go with it. At least that way he might retain some semblance of dignity. I love poetry, he agreed. Merlin grinned with delight, because of course he was enjoying Arthur being so thoroughly humiliated. I was as surprised as you, he told Leon, pointing towards Arthur. He can't get enough. Leon looked at both of them, still surprised, but somehow believing it. Oh, right, I'll leave you to your poetry then, my lord, he said, giving them a polite nod as he walked past them and continued on his way. Arthur stood still, trying to process what had just happened. And once Leon had turned a corner and was out of earshot, he grabbed Merlin by the tunic. Poetry! He hissed. Poetry! What did you want me to say? Merlin asked him, holding his hands up in, the, in surrender. Shouldn't we really be looking for your father? Fair point. But mark my word, Merlin. Later we will be having words about this. Eventually, Uther's ghost had been banished. Merlin had escaped with his secret by the skin of his teeth. But the aftermath of the events had stayed with them both. Life in Camelot continued, however, and Arthur stood at the end of the latest council meeting. If that's everything, he said, I'll call this meeting to a close. Gawain gave Percival and Elian a sly look. Actually, sire, I had something I wish to share. Arthur rolled his eyes and sighed and against his best instincts, he gestured for Gawain to speak. Nothing good could possibly come from this, but he had vowed that every person at this table would have an equal say. Go ahead, Gawain, he said as he sat down again. Gawain got to his feet and unraveled a scroll. Thank you, my lord. Leon heard from a little bird that you're a fan of poetry. So I thought in honor of the occasion, I would share a poem with you now. Arthur grit his teeth. This was going to be awful, he could already tell. There was once a king called Arthur, he began, who liked learning romantic verse in the parlor. There was an amused murmur in the hall. Merlin was there, hands curled in his hair, and then took care of him by pounding him harder. Gawain! Arthur bellowed, getting to his feet. But Gawain was faster, 
dashing across the hall and out of the room before Arthur had even got to his feet. This meeting is dismissed, Arthur said darkly. You're still mad at me about the poetry thing, aren't you? Asked Merlin as Arthur prowled his room that evening. It was humiliating Merlin. Now my men think I'm some kind of a girl's blouse who likes getting a good seeing to by my manservant. Why couldn't you have come up with something better? Like what? Admit it, you were as stumped as I was, said Merlin, picking up Arthur's cloak and placing it over the back of his chair. Then he lowered his voice. Besides, sometimes you do like a good seeing to from your manservant. That's not for Gawain to comment on. Arthur snapped back. That's between you and I. Look, it was just Gawain being Gawain. No one takes much notice of him. Just ignore it. It'll pass. And your men will always respect you. You know that. Arthur glared at him, and Merlin sighed, his shoulders slumping. Look, how can I make it up to you? He asked. Arthur didn't answer, his scowl deepening before he continued to pace, and Merlin carried on setting the room to rights. Write one for me, Arthur said finally. Merlin jumped, almost dropping the armor he was holding. What? Write me a poem. You said you were teaching me poetry. You wouldn't want to lie to Leon, would you? Um, okay, said Merlin. Good, said Arthur. Good night, Merlin. Arthur climbed into bed and turned away from him, shelving any hopes Merlin had of sex that night. Good night, Arthur, he said softly as he extinguished the last candle. Merlin spent much of the next day trying to think of and scribble down verse. He was failing miserably. His despair deepened when he saw the set of Arthur's jaw and the steel in his eyes. He wasn't a poet, and he didn't dare write anything humorous after Gawain's antics the day before. Merlin didn't see how he was ever going to get Arthur to forgive him. He spent the noon hour in the library enduring Geoffrey's intimidating stares as he paged through books of poetry for ideas. Maybe he could copy one? No, Arthur would be able to tell. Arthur summoned him to his rooms that evening. Well, he said expectantly. Merlin stared at him. My poem? Arthur prompted him. Ah, uh, what do you mean, ah? Uh? Well... It's a big thing, isn't it, to write a poem? And not everyone is a poet, at least not in the traditional sense. I don't follow. What I mean is, I've been trying all day to write something that isn't awful, but everything I write is terrible. I fail to see how that's my problem. It's not. It's not your problem. It's mine. I just, well, a poem doesn't always need to be words written down, does it? A poem's not about the words, not really. It's about the images and the feelings they invoke in the reader. Arthur continued to stare at him, and Merlin heaved a sigh. Arthur, you are my poem. He raised an eyebrow to rival Gaius, and Merlin held his hand out. Come to bed and let me show you, he said softly. Please? 
Continuing to look skeptical, Merlin held his breath until Arthur finally rose from his chair and took Merlin's hand. Thank you, he whispered as he slowly walked Arthur back towards the bed. He started to remove Arthur's jacket and pressed a kiss to the back of his neck. I love the way you hold yourself, the way you tip your head, the way you walk, Merlin began as he circled his king and started to undo the ties of his shirt. And the way your shirt clings to your shoulders and your chest. He pulled off Arthur's shirt and ran his hands down Arthur's chest appreciatively, resting on the left-hand side, feeling that life-giving thumb. Your noble heart, it beats for Camelot, it beats for justice. Arthur started to look faintly amused, and Merlin drew him close. But your lips, your lips are just for me, he breathed, capturing Arthur's mouth with his, and feeling Arthur's resolve soften as he started to kiss back, as he started to kiss back. Merlin started to pull at the laces of Arthur's breeches as he broke the kiss. You don't know what you do to me, he told Arthur. For you, I'd move mountains, raise oceans, destroy worlds. Merlin, said Arthur, reaching out to hold his wrist. He swallowed and pressed a kiss to Merlin's pulse point. You don't have to do this. I want to, Merlin told him. Merlin ter turned Arthur and pushed him down onto the bed, starting to shuck off his shirt before he climbed into Arthur's lap and curled his arms around his neck. Your nose, he murmured, is the noblest thing, and your eyes are as blue as the sky. Arthur started to laugh. Oi, I'm trying to be poetic here, Merlin scolded. Fine, but you don't need to wax poetical about my eyes. With a huff, Merlin shoved him in the chest so that he fell back onto the bed. I did tell you that I was awful at this, though, he said, running his fingers lightly up Arthur's thighs. There's a different kind of poetry I happen to be quite good at. Yeah, maybe you should show me that then. Merlin would show him all right. He slipped off Arthur's lap and then slowly made his way up Arthur's body. I love the way that you're sensitive said Merlin. Here, he kissed the inside of Arthur's knee. And here, he pressed a kiss to the V of his hips, then licked a stripe over tight, firm abs. And most of all, he placed his hand over Arthur's heart again. Here, he glanced up him through his lashes. Am I forgiven? Arthur's lips quirked into a smile, and he nodded his assent. With a grin, Merlin kissed him, enthusiastically rolling his hips against Arthur's. So, do you want me to, you know, like how Gawain... Shut up, Merlin, said Arthur, rolling him over and pinning him down. I'll show you who likes getting it hard. He started to pull roughly at Merlin's breeches, tugging them off with a fierceness and without any finesse. Once they were off, he threw them over his shoulder and unceremoniously shoved a finger into Merlin's hole. Ah! Oil, Arthur commanded. Merlin stretched out his hand towards the nightstand, 
using a little tug of magic to draw the vial into his hand. He passed it quickly to Arthur, who tucked the cork out with his teeth and then poured a generous amount over his hand, the sheets, and his own cock, tossing the rest, tossing the rest of it aside. He pulled out his finger and wiped his hand across Merlin's hole before pushing Merlin's leg up into his chest. He lined himself up. Maybe Gawain can include this in his next poem, he said, pushing all the way in. Merlin groaned at the pleasure pain of the stretch as Arthur entered him until he was fully seated. Yes, yes, he gasped. Arthur thrust hard and fast, neither of them saying anything, as the room filled with their harsh pants, drawn-out bones, and the slap of skin against skin. Arthur, gods, Arthur, exclaimed Merlin, gripping at Arthur's arms as he started to get close. I'm going to... He came with a gasp, closing his eyes shut and tamping down hard on his magic. Arthur's hips stuttered, thrusting erratically until he too stilled, coming with a grunt. He collapsed, on, he collapsed on top of Merlin's chest, and Merlin smiled as he caught his breath, murmuring, there was a young king called Arthur, who was a very good fuck and good master. His servant was rubbish, so he decided to punish him by fucking him faster.